Thank you, Brother Terry. One of my favorite songs. Thank you, and so true, the anchor holds. Hope you have the Lord Jesus in your life, because you're going to have some storms. I'm sure you have had some already, and without him, you're just out there drifting and kind of on your own. And so, uh, if you don't know Christ, I pray that when you leave here today, you will. If you brought your Bibles, turn to Psalm 55. We're going to look at the 55th Psalm. And today, as I share with you a sermon entitled, The Cure for Your Burden. Angela, could we look at that just a moment again, that sermon title slide? The cure for your burden. I love the little image there. It looks like the guy's loaded down. That may have been the way some of you feel this morning, just kind of bearing all you can bear. And so I want us to think just a moment about the cure for your burden. may have more than one, but we're going to look at Psalm 55, uh, verses 1 through 22. And, so, and then we'll go to 2 Samuel, uh, chapter 15. But thank you for being involved in worship. I want to thank uh, all of you for worshiping. Thank our praise team. Thank our choir. Thank you, and I hope that uh, everything was, God was honored in everything we did this morning. Psalm 55. If you would, if you are able and uh, have the ability to stand, please stand for the reading of God's infallible, inerrant word. Psalm 55, verse 1. Give ear to my prayer, O God, and do not hide yourself from my supplications. Attend to me and hear me. I am restless in my complaint and moan noiselessly. Because of the voice of the enemy, because of the oppression of the wicked, for they bring down trouble upon me. And in wrath they hate me. My heart is severely pained within me, and the terrors of death have fallen upon me. Fearfulness and trembling have come upon me, and horror has overwhelmed me. And so I said, Oh, that I had wings like a dove, I'd fly away and be at rest. Indeed, I would wander far off and remain in the wilderness. I would hasten my escape from the windy storm and tempest. Destroy, O Lord, and divide their tongues. For I have seen violence and strife in the city. Day and night they go around it on its, on its walls. Iniquity and trouble are also in the midst of it. Destruction is in its midst. Oppression and deceit, deceit do not depart from its streets. For it's not an enemy who reproaches me, then I could bear it. Nor is it one who hates me, who has exalted himself against me, then I could hide from him. But it was you, a man my equal, my companion. But it was a man my, my equal, my companion, my acquaintance. We took sweet counsel together. We walked to the house of God in the throng let death seize them. Let them go down alive into hell. For wickedness is in their dwellings and among them. And as for me, I'll call upon God and the Lord shall save me. Evening and morning and at noon I will pray and cry aloud and he shall hear my voice. He has redeemed my soul in peace from the battle that was against me. For 
There were many against me. God will hear and afflict them, even he who abides from old, because they do not change, therefore they do not fear God. He has put forth his hands against those who were at peace with me. He has broken his covenant. The words of his mouth were smoother than butter, but war was in his heart. His words were softer than oil, yet they were drawn swords. Verse 22, cast your burden on the Lord and he shall sustain you. He shall never permit the righteous to be moved. But you, O God, shall bring them down to the pit of destruction. Bloodthirst and deceitful men shall not live out half their days, but I will trust in you. Heavenly Father, thank you for an opportunity we have to worship you today and now to open your word. I pray, Lord, that you would, uh, as your word goes forth, your spirit would take your word, apply it to each heart here perhaps all in different ways, but God, I know that your word goes out and it does not return void. Speak to our hearts today. Help us not to be hearers of your word only, but doers of your word. Give me the words to say, the right spirit to say them in. And I make this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. If you would, please be seated. The cure for your burden. Let me give you a little background of Psalm 55. In Psalm 55, King David is going through a very difficult time in his life. He had several of those. But at this time, he's weighted down with a tremendous burden. His son, his son Absalom, has revolted against him. And the majority of David's followers have turned against him in favor of Absalom. And David has made a decision... His decision is to leave his favorite place. His decision, because of all the things happening with Absalom, his decision is to, is to leave the city of Jerusalem to prevent the city from being destroyed. And so at this time, he's very emotional. Uh, he's very emotional. Emotionally, physically, spiritually, mentally distraught. This is a very difficult time for David. And now as he's leaving the city, he's told that a very dear friend, in fact, his closest friend, Ahithophel, has betrayed him. Ahithophel, the closest friend, perhaps his best friend, had betrayed him. Ahithophel was the one that David shared his secrets with. Ahithophel was the one who had been his guide for many, many years. Ohidophil was the one who'd been the president of his cabinet. You might say Ohidophil was his chief of staff. Ohidophil was his chief advisor. Ohidophil was the one who'd even walked with him, the scripture said a few minutes ago, even to the house of God. And so in verse 21, Psalm 55, verse 21, notice what he says. The words of his mouth, speaking of Ohidophel, the words of his mouth were smoother than butter. The words of his mouth were smoother than butter. The point is, Ohidophel could really butter you up. Have you ever been around anyone like that? That was what Ohidophel was like. Now David had a burden. My, what a burden. His son Absalom's trying to 
to bring about a coup to become the king of his kingdom. And you, you know your son's going to kill you the moment that he sees you. If he finds you, when he finds you, he's going to kill you. And now he's having to leave his capital city to prevent that city from being destroyed. And then on the way out of the city, he finds out that his best friend, Ohitophel, has betrayed him. And so the point is, David is going through a very difficult time in his life, amen? He is really, really going through a tough time. He has a tremendous burden. He has a heavy, heavy load weighing down, suffering physically, mentally, and emotionally. So the question now is, what's he going to do? What's he going to do with all this going on? Can you relate to David this morning? Can you relate to David? You see, David has a crisis with his son, with a family member. You had one, ever had a crisis with a family member? David has a crisis with a friend. You ever had a crisis with a friend? David's having to leave his most favorite place and love so much. You ever had to do that? You see, this morning, some of you had a struggle really just coming to church this morning, coming to the house of God because you have a burden and you really didn't even be here. But God brought you here because he had a message for you if you have a burden. You have this, this morning you may have this heavy, heavy load that you're trying to carry, but you're at the point where you cry out to God and you cry out to God and you cry out to God, but it seems as though heaven is just kind of closed up. God's not listening. This is the way David felt. Look at verse 1 and 1 through 3, Psalm 55. God, give ear to my prayer, O God, and do not hide yourself from my supplication. Attend to me and hear me. I'm restless in my complaint. I moan noisily because of the voice of the enemy, because of the opposition of the wicked, for they bring down trouble upon me, and in wrath they hate me. Oh man, he's praying and nothing's happening. You ever been there? That's where David is. And then David does something that we often do. You know, David gets, he gets afraid. Look at verse 4. My heart is severely pained within me. The terrors of death have fallen upon me. Verse 5. Fearfulness, fearfulness and trembling have come upon me and horror has overwhelmed me. So his prayers are not being heard and all of a sudden he's really afraid. So when you get to that point because of a burden, what do you do? Don't feel like God's hearing your prayer. All of a sudden you're afraid of what might happen, what could happen. This was where David was. How does God want me to respond to a burden in my life that's really weighing me down physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually? How do I respond? Let me give you three things you can do that will help you out. Number one, if you take a notes on an outline. First of all, some people respond to their burdens, their crises, by fleeing. Some respond by fleeing. Look at verse 6. Verse 6, David said, So I said, Oh, that I had wings like a dove. I'd fly away and be at rest. Indeed, I would wander far off and remain in the wilderness. I would hasten my escape from the windy storm and the tempest. Oh, if I had wings like a dove, not like a hawk, 
Not like a hawk that has wings that are strong, but like a dove that has wings that can move you real swift, where you can really get out of there quick. They fly fast. Real fast. I've seen some of you try to shoot them. They quick. They're real quick, aren't they, Terry? And he's thinking, I just need to get away for a while. I just need to get away. Some people try to deal with their problems by fleeing their burden. Dealing with a burden by trying to flee from their burden. Now, where do you flee? Some flee to work. That's a good place to flee to. If I can just stay busy, I'm going to be all right. I'll just go to the job. I'll be busy at work and I'll just flee to work. Some flee to their drink. Some other addiction. I mean, Jack Daniels or, you know, Budweiser, that's the king of beers, I guess. That's what they say. I'll, I'll flee to a drink. Some flee to the good old days. They just sit around and remember how it used to be, living in kindly past glory, kindly trying to forget the burden. And then some flee to a distant location. And they just want to leave their burdens behind. We'll just take a trip to the mountains or we'll take a trip to the beach. We'll just get away for a while only to find out that that burden packs up in your conscience and you just can't get away from the burden even if you try to just get away for a while. David said, I'll just flee and things are going to be better. So some people deal with burdens by fleeing. Number two, some respond to their burdens by fighting, fighting, lashing out. They lash out. Look at verse 9. Destroy, O Lord, and divide their tongues, for I've seen violence and strife in their city. Look over to verse 15. Let death seize them. <laughs> let, let death seize them. Let them go down alive into hell, for wickedness is in their dwellings and among them. Just better than that, just kill them, Lord. Some want to fight. So the point is, when the fight's over, the burden's still there. It's still there. So some respond to the burden by fleeing, some respond by fighting. And three, number three, last point. Some respond by faith. Look at verse 22. Verse 22 says, Cast your burden on the Lord, and He shall sustain you. He shall never permit the righteous to be moved. So there's some action in that verse. Some, some respond by faith, and you take action. What's the action? The action is required. Cast. That's what it says. Cast. Cast means what? It means to hurl. It means to throw something. Cast. Cast. Look what he says, verse 22. Cast your burdens on the Lord. What's the subject of verse 22? You. You. You cast. This is something that you have to do. You, you and you alone have to cast your own burdens on the Lord. You cast your burden, not your spouse, not your parents, not your friend. Not your doctor, not your preacher. You cast your own burdens on the Lord. So what's the point? The point of casting is 
That's something that you do. You cast. So it's action. You cast. And then there's direction. Where do you cast your, where you cast your burden? Upon the Lord. Here's the point. The best way to ease yourself of a burden is unload your burden on God. Cast your burden on the Lord. I mean, that's what, that's what Jesus says. Jot down Matthew 11, verse, uh, Matthew 11, verse 29 says, Matthew 11, let me get the right page. Matthew 11, verse 29. Take, Jesus said, take my yoke upon you and learn of me. For I'm gentle and lowly in heart, and you'll find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. So cast your, you cast your burden upon the Lord. Unload your burden upon the Lord. I remember years ago when my dad when, had a scout troop, and we were in scouting for years and years and years, and I was just a small kid, and, I was tagging along with all the older boys, but I had a backpack. I mean, it was about as, that backpack was about as big as I was. But anyway, I'd go so far, and, and after a while, Dad said, let me carry that for you. Oh, man. And so it felt so good to be out from under that backpack. And then I'd take it back, he'd give it back, and I'd walk a little farther, you know, and I'd say, hey, you want to take this again? He said, sure, and I'd give it back to him, and he'd take it a little farther. You cast your burdens upon the Lord. Let the Lord help you with your load, with your burdens. So the point is, God would rather see you smiling and happy, free from your burden. So take your burden to the Lord. Tell your burdens to Jesus. I thought of a song we used to sing, and, and we still sing from time to time. You probably remember the words, Are you weary? Are you heavy-hearted? What do you do? Tell it to Jesus. Are you, are you grieving over joys departed? Tell it to Jesus. Do the tears flow down your cheeks unbidden? Tell it to Jesus. Have you sins that two men's eyes are hidden? Tell them to Jesus. Do you fear the, the gathering clouds of sorrow? Tell it to Jesus. Are you, are you anxious of what will be tomorrow? Tell it to Jesus. Are you troubled at the thought of dying? Tell it to Jesus. For Christ's coming kingdom, are you sighing? Tell it to Jesus. Tell it to Jesus. He's a friend that's well known. He's, you know, he's no other, such a, there's no other such a friend or brother. Tell it to Jesus. And so he gives us some action to take. We are to cast our burden upon Jesus. And then there's a result. What's the result? Look at verse 22. What's the result? Psalm 55. Cast your burden on the Lord, and he shall do what? Sustain you. Now, what's sustain mean? That means that God's going to provide the strength you need to carry you through, whatever you're going through. Cast your burdens upon him, and he will sustain you. He will provide the strength you need to carry you through whatever that you're going through. And so this morning, some of you, no doubt, need to cast your burden upon the Lord. Now you say, Brother Samuel, what's a burden? Let me give you a definition of a burden. Anything that weighs you down, anything that prevents you from functioning, 
physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually. Anything that keeps you from functioning physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually. And so some of you this morning are burdened. You're not functioning in one or more of those areas. May be because of unforgiveness. It may be because of anger. It may be because of resentment. It may be because of bitterness. It may be because of a sense of failure. But notice, you know, and, and when I see people, when I, when I meet people and speak to people, talk with people, visit with people, it doesn't take me long to understand that that person's going through or that person has a burden. I can tell the difference in their service in the church. I can tell the difference in their commitment. I can tell the difference in, in your countenance, your appearance. I can tell the difference in a person's personality that that person is struggling with some type of burden. So the question is, do you have a burden this morning? King David did. And whatever it is, cast it on the Lord. Let it go. Let it go before it consumes you. Before it consumes you. Years ago, I think it's 2016, I shared an illustration with you. And the title of the illustration is The Sack. The Sack. So if you would, listen. It's a little lengthy, but you get the ideal. There once, once, there once was a woman who lived in a faraway land. Well, actually, she lived right down the street. She was a good woman, a nice woman, with a husband, two children, a dog, a cat, a small track home. She was always courteous. She said hi to her neighbors, kept her garden weeded, served at the PTA, volunteered at the hospital on Wednesday. She had the best yard sales, with all the proceeds going to local charity, and she even made Kool-Aid in the summer when no one else's mom would. There was no doubt about it. She was nice. She was a very nice woman, but there was a secret in her life. A secret guarded and hidden and important. Her secret was a sack. A large, filthy, tattered sack. And she didn't always have the sack, but over time she found she needed something. Something for an injustice or two. She suffered something for the cross and thoughtless words tossed her away without thinking. Something for the lies she'd been told by a trusted friend. Something for the relationship that had soured years ago. Something for painful childhood memories, regrets, unforgivable mistakes, her, her own self-criticism or never measuring up. She needed something for all of that. She needed a container. She needed a sack. Each night, long after her family had gone off to bed and sound asleep, no one was heard in the house when all was quiet, this nice woman would creep down to the cellar of her home. And there among the canned peaches and green beans and rusty bikes, no toys and Dusty boxes, there it was. There, behind some baby furniture, was the sack. Each night in her cold, dark, musty sanctuary, she'd have the heavy sack upon the broken-down card table. And then by the dim light of the, of the candle, the contents were revisited, almost like dear old friends. She'd pull each one of them out carefully, reliving the bitterness and the disappointment and the anger and the hurt until she began to whimper and cry in anguish over it all. 
And suddenly a rapping on the cellar door would interrupt her, and she knew the knock. It was the king, it was the king, the great king. And sometimes when she heard that knock, she'd scramble upstairs back to bed. Sometimes she'd flick out the light, pretend she wasn't there. Other times she'd call out to him, Doors open, you can come in, and he'd walk right into that place. He stepped over those rusty bikes and old toys and past the shelves of canned peaches and green beans and, and boxes marked Thanksgiving and Christmas and Easter. And he walked right over to that broken down card table where she and that sack were. And he put his arm around her and drew her close and stroked her hair, wiped away all the tears and asked for the sack. And she said yes to him. He swept all away the bitterness and the disappointment, the anger, the hurt off the table into the sack and shouldered it with him, shouldered it away with him. A feeling of lightness always followed that great king leaving with the sack. It was wonderful. It lasted for days and weeks and sometimes months and no more, no more starling down to the cellar, no more crying, no more sack. Then she'd remember a small something would trigger a memory about the side relationship, the painful childhood, a, a self-doubt, the bitterness, the disappointment, the anger, the hurt. The, it would all rush on her. She needed the sack. She, she'd want the sack. She'd go and get the sack back from the great king. And again, he would not gently come and, and wipe away the tears and take the sack. And again, she would go and get it back from him. He would come get it and she would go and take it back. This went on for many years until one day she stopped leaving the cellar door unlatched and the great king, uh, for the great king. And leaves and debris piled up around the unused door. And eventually she learned to close her ears to the gentle rapping that continued night after night from the great king. And as time went by, the nice woman grew old and tired and frail. Her husband died leaving her well taken care of. Her two children grown up and married moved away. Now someone else weeded the garden. Someone else had the yard sale. Someone else made the Kool-Aid in the summer. And the sack, oh, it was, it was still a part of her life. Larger, filthier, more tattered and heavy. So heavy for her. One day last summer, her daughter called to talk, and the phone rang and rang, and her daughter got worried and called her brother, and they, they went to check on their mother. He did, and she looked, and they looked everywhere, and they called the authorities, and they looked everywhere, and they never, they never found that nice woman. They just found a big, old, filthy, tattered sack propped up by an easy chair. There once was a woman who lived a faraway land. Well, actually, she lived just right down the road. If you continue to carry your burden, it will consume you. Do you have a burden? King David did. The point is, will you let the great king carry your sack away? Will you let him carry your sack away? So how do you respond to your burden? Some flee, some fight, some respond by faith. Don't let your burdens consume you. I read of a little girl who was afraid of the dark. She slept in the crib next, next to her father's bed. 
Sometimes during the night, she'd say, Papa, it's dark, and Nellie needs your hand. And he'd take her hand as she'd reach her hand up, and then she'd go back to sleep. All of her fears were, were gone because she knew her father held her hand. The point is, we have a father that wants to hold our hand. Cast all your cares upon him, and he will sustain you. Let's have a prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for an opportunity we've had to spend in your word to learn today what your word says by looking at David's life and how to respond to our burdens. Thank you for our time together. I pray for every person here. All of us, at one time or another, has had a heavy burden, a load that weighted us down where we cannot properly function physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually. And at that time, we didn't know what to do. But now we do. We bring our burdens to you. We cast our burden, something we do, nobody else can do it. Cast our burdens upon you and let you carry or bear our load because you want to sustain us, to give us the strength to go through whatever we're going through. Speak to our hearts, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.